Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live at our 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. services or connect with us on Facebook. We are excited to say that we've already picked up and supported Pastor Reggie and his wife as they're serving in the Bronx, and we were able to connect with with that even prior to uh, COVID and uh, be of, of connection and ministry there. They are ministering to people, uh, and their main target, of course, is, is the hurting, the needs in the Bronx, but uh, they serve in a specific area to uh, those who are uh, in prostitution, uh, those who have, who have been uh, uh, given to that lifestyle, put in that situation, and uh, so we have the opportunity to partner. So again, I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness in giving. And uh, whether that's online or giving uh, as, the, as you leave today with the envelopes in, in the, the uh, containers as we go. But thank you for your faithfulness that we can support and be a part of what God is doing around the world and around the earth and even locally. So thank you. Uh, we were able, of course, with uh, Pastor Reggie, uh, we found out that they had to leave the building not only for COVID, but after as COVID hit, they weren't able to go back into that building uh, because of just uh, uh, situations connected with the lease and all that was was taking place. And so they have been online, and even in New York, uh, they're expected that that'll go through at least July, even into August, that uh, they're not able to meet in buildings. And so that is right in the epicenter for for, for our nation in, in New York City being hit the most. And so we were able to partner with them. They said, we have to go online. We have to do that right now to stay connected with people and all the, uh, all the, the ministry that they're doing. And uh, they didn't have any resources to do that. So we as a church were able to send the equipment so that they could be online, that they could continue to do church. And what I love is that we didn't have to wonder and say, can we, should we, or, or are we able to? It's the faithfulness that we're able to give to ministry that are already happening, but we're also able to move on the spot. How many know that the gospel needs to be ready to move in the moment? That, that there's the moment that we have, we see the need. And so they were in a position where there was a need. And as a, as a board, we said, there's a need. We can. Let's do it. And uh, so we are, we are blessed to be able to connect. And so thank you for your faithfulness in giving and uh, helping us to connect with those around the world and uh, seeing the, the things of, of God take place. Romans chapter 1 is where we're going to look today. We're concluding this series called Open Space, Making a Way, Making Way, Preparing the Way for the Presence of God. I want to look today and uh, talk about our need for peace uh, in our world and what that looks like. Uh, No, we're not going to be praying for world peace. Um, I believe that peace is a valuable thing, but you're not going to find peace on the outside. You can only find peace on the inside. And as we allow that to work in us, as much as it depends on you, the Bible says, be at peace with all men. And the reason it says is as much as it depends on you is because there is a lot out of our control and there is just the nature of our world that is going to occur and take place and be what, it, what it's going to be. That doesn't mean we, the church, ought to just hang our hat and say, well, let's just wait for Jesus to come back. What it means is we should look up to the heavens where our redemption comes from and in the meantime, allow the truth of God's word and his presence to impact who we are and to influence where we 
are, that it's both. It's not, it, it's not or. It's not and or. or It's not a, a matter of do we do one or the other. It's we do both. We look forward to the return of Christ while we proclaim the hope that we have among the world and the place that we are. I want to look in, uh, in Romans chapter 1. Would you stand with me today as we look at this text together? It's good to see you in church. Some of you uh, back to church. Welcome back. And uh, we're glad you're, you're joining us today. Romans chapter 1, here's what Paul says. And uh, Paul is writing, of course, to the church in, in Rome. And uh, the gospel is moving all the way to the epicenter of, the, of civilization at that time. Paul is writing a letter, but he also visits there. And here's what he talks about in verse 14. Paul says, I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, the civilized and the uncivilized. I have a I have a obligation to the educated and uneducated alike. So I am eager to come to you in Rome too to preach the good news. Let me just, why is Paul saying that? I'm eager to come to you too because Rome has the stigma of we have it all together. Rome has the stigma of we created the roads, we created systems, we've got authority, there's power, there's education. This is the, the stigma or the idea of having it all together. How many know that Jesus didn't just come to the poor, but he came to every one of us because we are all poor, not in our financial situation or, or privileges as you might have or opportunities, but he came to every single person because we are all poor without Jesus Christ. It's the level field. It, it, it makes everything equal. He says, I came to, to you, even in Rome, to preach the good news. I'm eager to come and preach the good news. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ, for it is. Now, I'm reverting back to how I memorized it. But in the New Living Translation, it says, it is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The power of God. He says, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news, somebody say good news. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life or the just shall live by faith. Father, I pray that you would help us today in this, in this gathering, in this moment. Lord, to allow your word to speak to our hearts, speak directly. God, I pray that the gospel would come alive in us. That God, we would, that we would embrace and, and allow the truth of the gospel to, to, to just illuminate our hearts, to bring us to life. And God, that we would be compelled by that same truth. And Lord, it would become our lifestyle. We pray this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that today, would you say amen? amen? You may be seated this morning. I want to share just from a simple title this morning, that is the gospel. The gospel. I, I, um, I pray today that it would give us perspective and insight that the gospel is so necessary. We are people of diversity and a variety and many kinds of, of variety and all of the things that we have are all by design. 
God has created us in his image, each and every one of us. There's differences, and in the midst of differences, it is God's design. Differences are all around us. There are different cultures within the world, different people in those cultures, different personalities in those people, different gifts in those personalities, that even in every place, even in the same home, there are different preferences. There are differences all around us. We are people who have differences of many kinds, and the only thing that unites us, the only thing that can bring the unison and the oneness together is the gospel. The only thing that connects us is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel, of course, is the good news. It's the, it's the good news that unifies. It doesn't divide. It's the good news. And how many realize that in our world we need good news in order to make the decisions? I don't know if you've noticed that the spirit of the Antichrist, the Bible says, is already unleashed on the earth. That the spirit of the Antichrist is already moving on the earth. And can I tell you, I think his main method is the media to use bad news, to use division, to raise all disappointment, to raise all kind of divide because it's driven by money and it's driven by those things that, that really is meant to, to cause division, but the gospel comes that it might bring unity and oneness, that there's a oneness that we can find in the gospel. The, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. How many have come in contact with the gospel? The gospel is the hope of all the world. See, we, we have a knowledge of the gospel. Then there's another thing that it becomes just what you know, and it's one thing to know about it, but then it's become something that you become impacted by, and now it drives and causes you to live in a whole different way. The gospel, what is the gospel? It's the love of God, that, that God loved us, and from love he died for us, and he died that we might have a hope and eternity to spend our lives with him. He, he brought what was the division. He brought the great unifier. We were divided by sin. We were separated from Christ. And in our separation, Jesus filled the gap and he came into that place and gave us means to be able to be united from what separated us from God. He made it possible for us to be brought back and be reunited, connected with God. That the gospel is all about reconciliation. It's coming together. It's, it's bringing the, the healing and the hope. It doesn't matter what makes us different. It doesn't matter what makes us special or unique. The gospel is for the entire world. God so loved the world. If the gospel is not for everyone, the gospel isn't for anyone. If it's not for all, for any and all, it is unifying. It's for everyone. The greatest reflection of the gospel in our world today is unity. Jesus said they will know you are Christians or you'll know that you're followers of me by your love for one another. That the greatest reflection of the gospel to our world is unity and the greatest reflection of Jesus to us is diversity. The very two things that seem opposite go together. That the way I get to know Jesus more is that I grow in relationship with you and when I know what makes you different than me and we're moving in the same direction, I get to see Jesus better by watching Jesus work in you. 
the diversity that when we realize, I see Jesus better through diversity in the body, but the world sees the gospel by unity in the body of Christ. We need both of them. We need diversity to see God in a greater way, and we need unity that the world might see Jesus alive and at work in our midst. It takes all of this together. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 says that this will continue. What? The, the, the work of the ministry will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son so that we will be mature. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, grow up. Mature. Grow up in your faith. Get mature. I like, uh, um, there are moments sometimes, you know, when I get the passion in me, it's like, oh, I better go back to being an evangelist because sometimes being a pastor might be too hard because when you just say things as evangelists, like, well, I'm here today and I'm leaving tomorrow. So you can, uh, but when you're the pastor, it's, God help us to get off the bottle. God, God help us to crave the, the, the greater things of God. We're, we're stuck in the same places of of. of repetition in our culture, our world has seen, oh, that we would grow into the place of wholeness. He says that we'll be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Who is the standard? Christ. Absolutely. This becomes the standard to which we're moving towards, that we would become complete in Jesus Christ. The question I have to ask myself today is, am I about the gospel? Is my life about, do I have gospel ambition? Is what drives me? Is the gospel directing my life? Is it directing my decisions? Is it directing my relationships? Is it directing the world that I live in and the decisions that I'm making? Am I moved by the gospel? There is the gospel that is the center of Christ or the heart and the message of Jesus that causes us to walk in healing and wholeness. The gospel of Jesus is the hope for our world. It is the gospel. What is the, what is the answer? What is it that will make all the difference? It's the gospel. Build your life upon the gospel. What is it? The good news that Jesus loves me. How many know that when Jesus, when you know that Jesus loves you, it gives you identity and you don't have to look for the appreciation, the love of other people. You know who you are in Christ. I know Jesus loves me. I know Jesus died for me. When that becomes his, his decision to die for me that I might know him, that's empowerment. Someone went out of their way to empower, to give me resources. And he loved me so much that he prepared a way for me. And in preparing a way, he says that he'll order and direct my steps. When I live my life on the gospel, I know that I'm loved. I know that I've got all that I need. And I know I've got a plan in place. And I know where I'm going. Everything I need in life is put in place when you have the gospel what you're looking everything we look for in life I want to be loved how many of you all want to be loved raise your hand if you want to be loved you selfish people that was a joke by the way because what we've used at times is to we've done this when we there's a cry for justice a cry to be heard we shared a couple weeks ago you're not listening and what we've done is we've dehumanized our world because we've said, well, if you have desires and you have wants, you're just selfish. You're just selfish. I heard this on the news this week that, that someone, and I know we shouldn't watch the news, but we, I'm just kidding. We watch the news. But there was this comment made that if you think you can call the police and you want the police to come and help you, it just reveals your privileges. It's somehow like you're selfish because you want the police to help keep order. Uh, how many know he is a God of order? 
Um, I don't want to. I don't want to get there. I just did it. But you start defunding the things that give structure and order and things to life. I realize there's adjustments and things we need to do. But hold on, we get into insanity when we try to immediately affix something. We get all the way on the other side and we lose our mind in the process of trying to fix the problem. We lose our mind. We, what are you thinking? You know what keeps you centered? The gospel. The truth of the gospel. Here's the importance of the gospel, and here's, here's what we've done in our culture. We've created gospel according to us, which is why we say things like the prosperity gospel. There is no other gospel but the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is not a prosperity gospel and a poor gospel. There's not a Republican gospel and a Democrat gospel. There's not a white gospel and a black gospel. There is only one gospel, and it is built upon the word and the truth of Jesus Christ. If we lose that, if we don't understand the grounding, the structure that this is what we need, the gospel. And here's what the gospel is. It is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And, and realizing that in salvation, we've got to be careful that we don't lose sight of what is at stake. What is the goal? The goal is why Jesus came in verse 17 of John 3. We know John 3, 16. God so loved the world. Verse 17, God sent his son into the world not to judge or not condemn the world. How many know some of us need to know that's in the gospel? Because we divide, we, we, we judge, we alienate, we miss the heart of the gospel. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to judge or to condemn the world, but I came that all the world might be saved through Jesus Christ. That it is the gospel, that salvation is the goal, and it is the sole agenda of the gospel. There is no other agenda. Every other agenda from, from, apart from salvation is self-serving. Every other agenda apart from salvation is self-serving. Now, you might say, well, if I want peace in my home or I want, I want provision in my life, I want God to bless me, is that self-serving? No, I said if that becomes the agenda, that's self-serving. Notice there's the difference. If any other agenda over salvation is in place, that's self-serving. But when the agenda is salvation through Jesus Christ, that all becomes God-glorifying. When God blesses you, that's to give glory to God. God, not to build your kingdom on the earth. When God blesses you, it's that his name might be declared, that they might look and see of the goodness, the plenty, the wonder, the glory of our God, that there becomes the difference of being self-serving and God-glorifying when we are built upon the gospel. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ that is bringing hope and redemption. There is only one gospel, and we try to take the gospel and, and build agendas with it. I know we do this because we have denominations. Because we take the gospel. Well, we're going to preach the full gospel. We're going to do this part of the gospel. We're, no, we need the gospel of Jesus Christ. The whole truth of God's word. But the foundation of it that Jesus loved me. Jesus died for me. And Jesus made, gave me hope that I can spend eternity with him. That's the gospel. I am loved by God, I am resourced by God, and my way is made straight and promised by God. You know when I realize that and that comes alive in me? I want that for you. 
when the gospel transforms, when we receive the gospel, it has this impact that it, that it moves forth, that it, that it causes us to want that to be for other people, that the power of the gospel is salvation. The gospel is not to make us good people. And here's where we get the agendas. The gospel is not about making us good people, and it's not about fulfilling our dreams in life. Those things become the agenda. The gospel is that all the world might be saved. That we might be reunited, unified in Christ. And as we're unified in Christ, our lives made whole and complete. I want to ask us today, are we about the gospel? Is the gospel infiltrating my life because it's the power of God? Is the gospel infiltrating the way we lead our homes, the decisions that we make? Is is the gospel, and I know it's easy to say, uh, preacher, you're going to get over the top. Can I just say we can't afford any more sideline Christianity? It's got to be either it is or it's not. There's some uh, uh, individuals, specific ladies that God has brought into my life that has helped me to swallow this term, it is what it is. Which means this, it either is what it is or it's not. It is what it is, and I realize that it can change, but you got to call it what it is. And at the end of the day, are we gospel motivated, or are we just taking the gospel along for a ride to use it as a key to open up whatever door we want at whatever time we want to do it? Gospel. I want to be sold out to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul was so sold out that when he was sold out to the gospel, guess what came around him? Prison? Persecution? People didn't like? Why? Because we only want to swallow the stuff that tastes good to us and fits in our palate and not the one that transforms and changes that there becomes this, this, this recognition that even in Paul wanting to see the gospel go forth, that we're willing to pay the price, that it becomes who we are. You know, when, when you recognize the power of the gospel and it transforms your life, how many know it changes everything you see? The gospel should change everything we see. That we don't see everything the way we used to see it. The gospel changes us. The, the gospel, I, I heard the... the uh, talking with um, Al Thompson, uh, pastor at St. Paul's AME. And, and uh, we've, of course, we've been having conversations together. We've been building relationships. This has been going on. And, uh, but we've, of course, just continued even more saying, what, what, is, what is this next step? How do we lead here in this community? What is, what is God setting forth? And he told me, he said there was a gentleman uh, who I knew or who I know. Uh, he said uh, they used to work together. They got saved or the gentleman got saved and uh, they always got along well. And there was never a problem. But the moment that gentleman got saved, he said, we, know, we didn't work together anymore, Pastor Al said, but he sought me out. And he sought me out because he wanted to apologize for his heart that was against, uh, against black people. And he said uh, that he needed to repent. Pastor Al said, I didn't even know he had a problem. And as we began to talk and began to say, isn't that what the power of the gospel does? The power of the gospel takes us from a place where we just get along to where we really dig deep and do the work of the, of the cross. 
that we allow a deeper work, that the gospel doesn't just allow us to see as we want to see, but the gospel allows us to really identify what it is that needs to take place. Here, Paul gives us, gives us a, a couple things this morning that he uses these I am statements. He, he says, I am in three of these, and I want to I point this out in just recognizing what the gospel, the impact that when it transforms and changes us. You ever been so, so bought into something that that becomes the driving force and you are branded by that thing. I know some people that they only drive a certain type of car and that's all the car, they, that's all they drive. That's just, how many know those people? They, they only have a certain kind of lawn tractor they use and it's just that. They only have a certain type, they're, they're sold out, they're branded. Have we been branded by the gospel? Have we been branded by the gospel that, that it becomes all that we are, Here, here's these, these things quickly. Here's number one. Paul says this. Paul says, I am obligated. To be obligated means to be so impacted that you have no other choice even though there's choices. Even though there are choices, you have no other choice. There's an obligation. Why is he obligated? I know culturally we don't like to be obligated because it feels like we don't have a choice. We're Americans. We have the right and we have a choice. But when we know the power of God, we realize there might be other choices, but there's only one choice for me. There might be other lawn tractors out there, but there's only one for me. There might be other sodas out there, but there's only one for me. There might be other, other things that are there. There might be other brands. There might be other things, but there's only one for me. Have we become bought in and loyal? And that is a word that, that I think sometimes we, we miss is that we don't know how to operate with loyalty. That a loyalty is such a commitment that there's a buy-in. It's honoring authority. It's trusting. It's putting things in place. We, we limit or we're limited today in our ability to trust. We, we don't trust easily, sometimes for good reason. But even in our relationship with Christ that we, we become trusting, that there is, there, there is this desire with the gospel, that there is this obligation, I can't help but share the gospel. He says this, I'm obligated to the people, both civilian and uncivilized, civilized and uncivilized, both educated and uneducated. I am obligated. Why? Because I know what Christ did in me. My eyes were open, and because of what Christ has done in me, I can't help but live in this direction to reveal and share the gospel of Jesus Christ in the world around me. That it becomes this, this obligation, not out of I don't have a choice, but I might have choices, or yes, I have choices, but there's only one choice. And the choice is to share, to speak the gospel, that we would declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. The most generous thing that we can do is proclaim hope and declaring the gospel that we would reveal. And when we share the love of Christ, when, whenever we reveal the, the love of Christ, it becomes the promise to other people of hope that we have that we become people who are obligated. I wonder today, are, are we obligated? Here's the other thing Paul says. Paul says, I am eager. There's an obligation. I have choices, but there's only one choice. I'm eager to share the gospel. He says, I'm, I'm eager, or another translation says, I'm ready. There's a readiness to go. It's a, let's move now. Let, let's move on this in this moment. Let's go forward. Let's advance. Let's do this now. You know, the one thing that when it comes to the gospel, the difference between moving now, and not just the gospel, but anything in life, the difference between moving now and moving later is conviction. You do what you're convicted by. 
If you have a conviction, if you firmly and fully believe, then that is what motivates you. And oftentimes, instead of moving with conviction, sometimes we slow with contemplation. I realize the Bible says count the cost. The Bible says count the cost without a doubt. And that count, when I went back and read that, I used to think, well, I gotta count the cost to see if I have everything I have. No, counting the cost means am I willing to trust God even with what I don't have? That's what counting the cost means. Because we've used counting the cost as an excuse. Well, I gotta count the cost. I gotta make sure I have it all. No, counting the cost doesn't mean count to make sure I have what I need. Counting the cost is am I willing to trust God to provide even what I don't have? That's where I count the cost. When I'm counting the, the, the cost, and, and sometimes we can contemplate. Man, there's so many things at times. It's, it's, and let's be honest, some things don't get done because we're afraid of upsetting a certain base or afraid of, alien, or afraid of, of, of causing trouble or causing issue. But how many know to do what God has convicted us to do might cause trouble? It's not popular to preach a gospel that says, honor the Lord with your body and wait for, and and honor God, and allow sex to be between a husband and a wife in the marriage union. How many know that's not popular in our world? You know the same way? It's not popular to preach in the same way. It's also not popular to preach that we need to deal with the injustices that are going on in our world. That we have to deal with all of that in certain places can cause it to be uncomfortable and difficult. But guess what change happens when somebody's willing to step in the line and do something uncomfortable and difficult? When we're willing to step in the place that when we move in between both targets, why is it a target in the middle? Because we're shooting arrows at each other instead of the enemy. Because we're shooting arrows. Why do people get hurt in the process? Because we've called the enemy one another or other people and have lost sight of what the real enemy is. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers in high places. And when I'm wrestling, what I need to do is make sure I don't let that spirit work and control in my life. How do I do that? The gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. That word salvation means to deliver. That when the gospel takes root in my life, it delivers me from selfishness. It delivers me from my arrogance. It delivers me from my bitterness, from my jealousy, from my pain, from my past. When I allow the gospel to do its work, it does powerful things in my life. If we're not walking in the power and the peace, it's not because the gospel is not powerful. It might be because we're allowing the gospel to be centered on something other than the cross of Jesus Christ. The gospel works. The gospel works. The the gospel works. It is powerful. It will transform. It's one of those things that, of course, having to uh, apply and, and put it to practice, there's an eagerness. Paul said this to Timothy. He said, preach the word. Be instant, in season. I, I love this word, instant. Other translations say, be ready, in season. But I love instant. Church, we don't have time to contemplate if we're gonna do something significant for the cause of Christ. We need to do it now. Let me bring it home. Mom and dad, quit debating and contemplating when you're going to have family devotions or when you're gonna pray together. Do it now. Be instant. Let's do it now. Let's put things in motion now. Let's set things forward. Be instant. Do that now. We are where we are because we push things off and wait for someone else to fix it. Someone else will deal with it. 
There's, there's an eagerness. Let me, let me give you uh, number three, and the worship team's coming to help us close this morning. And Paul says this, lastly, he, he says, of, of course, um, I'm obligated, I'm eager, and then he says, I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I am not ashamed of the gospel. When the gospel becomes so prevalent and powerful in our lives, to be ashamed means to feel as if there's something that you need to hide from or that you need to hide behind. And when I am in the gospel, when I am hidden in Christ, there is nothing else that I need because the gospel completes me, secures me, and keeps me grounded. I will not be a person, I cannot, I cannot be a person who says I'll be perfect all the time, right? But here's what I know, that when I'm walking with a heart to the gospel, search me, try me, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Can I tell you where I want to take that? It's not, yes, to the presence of God, but you know what else? Even in those who are around me, I want people who are close to me, search me, try me, see if there be anything in me. I want the gospel to be so much that I don't have anything to hide. And even when I'm found to not be perfect at a certain moment, the gospel still comes in and rescues me and gives me grace to, re- to, to repent and to move forward in the fullness and the grace of God. Do you know what freedom there is when you live unashamed by the gospel? When you live with, with this the shame, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It becomes this, I don't know, I'm their hesitancy. But whenever we become unashamed of the gospel, here's what it, what it creates for us is a transparency and a vulnerability and a place that we can be real. How many know our world is just looking for real relationship? Let's get real. You know what the gospel does? The gospel helps us to get real. The gospel tears down walls. The gospel tears down the the things that would divide. The gospel breaks down the hindrances that would come. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that will bring healing. It's the gospel. And this gospel must be in us. It's not just what we can preach to the world. Absolutely we must. But this gospel in us, are we about the gospel? Because if we're about the gospel, then the gospel is always about revealing Jesus to a lost and broken world. Not for anything to gain, but because I've already gotten everything I need. That everything I need is found in him. That we are all about the gospel. There's an opportunity, an open space that we're in in our world. And as we're in this space, that we become people who are motivated and carried out by the gospel. The Bible says this, and Paul ends this. He's referencing Habakkuk. He says that the just shall live by faith. A world of justice needs just people who live by faith. Just people who live by faith. Just people who live by faith. It's justice is not something that we can have that we can create, I'm sorry, but it's something that we can allow to work in us and that until we are at one with Christ, we will not be at one with one another. There's not a legislation and a social order and a thing that can fix this problem. 
It's God, we need the gospel to come alive in our heart and fix us right where we are. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The, the Bible says that put on the full armor of God. And he says as well that for your feet, put on the readiness of the gospel which brings peace. The gospel that brings peace. Before we can look at having peace in our world, it really is a matter of we've got to have the peace with God. What the gospel really does is the gospel makes me one with Jesus Christ. Are you one with Christ? When we're one with Christ, we live in a world of peace. Not that everything around us is just as we want, but that we have peace. The gospel, can can I, I just, listen. Mayor, when the gospel drives my life, I can say things in front of you and behind you because I don't have to hide anything. It gets rid of the backbiting. It gets rid of the, because I'm all up, I don't have to hide anything. I don't have, when, when I'm living by the gospel, I can be myself in Christ at all times, in all things, in all places, becoming all things to all men that I might win some to the gospel, to the glory of God. This is the drive. But what we've gotten good at, we've gotten good at having conversations like this here and conversations like that there and talking this way in this place, talking this way in that place. But when the gospel drives who we are, when the gospel drives who we are, I'm going to strive to love you. I'm not going to be perfect. And when you find in me something that's not perfect, I hope the gospel is in you, that you can come to me and we can, in Christ, allow each other in our diversity to become more like Jesus so that we can reveal Jesus to the world that's lost and dying around us. This is the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. The just shall live by faith. And this whole idea of, of faith, we need, we need justice in our world. We need righteousness in our world. It will not happen until we have peace with God. So let me close with this. It is peace with God that gives us peace with one another. Are you at peace with God? I want you to ask yourself right now, listen, take this moment. I want you to ask yourself, are you at peace with God? Can you say to God, can you say to God right now, God, search my heart. God, search my thoughts. God, try me. God, see. God, reveal in me whatever it is. And you know what might happen in the process? God reveals some things that need to adjust. Guess what the gospel does? It is the power of God unto salvation to deliver. It's the power of God. Jesus, you change everything. Come on, how many believe Jesus, you change everything? It is the gospel. Paul said, I'm obligated, I'm eager, and I'm not ashamed. Would you stand with me today? And can we declare the gospel, that we would be people of the gospel before we even talk about taking the gospel?